Nobody knows where the rivers flow And I call it home And there's no more lies in the darkness is light And nobody cries There's only butterflies Take me away Take me away to a better place to better days in these troubling times what better escape than a weekend where you can get away from it all and hang out with your gay pagan brothers for a weekend retreat this episode is all about one such retreat the arcadia gathering to be held october ninth through twelfth twenty nineteen in cumberland virginia if you live on the east coast mid-atlantic region of the united states i encourage you to attend If you don't live in any of the East Coast states, I encourage you to consider attending a similar gathering in your region. Ohio has the Between the Worlds gathering to be held September 9th through 14th. California has a gathering called Stone and Stang, though from their website it looks like they may only do these every two years, with 2019 being one of their off years. I'm sure there are others if you look for them. And if there aren't any others in your area, why not start your own? Anyway, welcome to episode 18 of the Discovering the Male Mysteries podcast. I'm your host, Mel Mystery. Without further ado, on with the show. Many gay and bisexual men, dissatisfied with modern religions that struggle to accept and condone us, are hearing the call of the old gods, those gods and religions of antiquity, that embraced us and recognized our inherent spirituality. While modern religions debate our worth as lovers, as priests, as sexual beings, the old gods and the old religions embraced us as sacred. We were their shamans, their priests, the intermediaries between the gods and mankind. Many of the gods themselves were homosexual, bisexual, or transgendered. These gods were untamed, vibrant, and sexual. Accept their call and their healing embrace. These are the Male Mysteries, and I'm your host, Mel Mystery. What is Arcadia? Arcadia was an ancient Greek city with its own mythology and patron deities, but it was also the ideal of a homosexual utopia in European Renaissance literature. It is also the name adopted for an East Coast mid-Atlantic gathering of queer pagan men that is set to take place October 9th through 12th, 2019 in Cumberland, Virginia. Arcadia, the historic place. Historic Arcadia was a region located in the central highlands on the Peloponnese Peninsula in Greece. The Arcadian tribe that originally settled the area is considered one of the oldest tribes to have settled in Greece. Because it was a remote mountainous place, Arcadia was a cultural refuge. Its language and culture remained unique. Arcadia had numerous towns in both the mountains and in its fertile valleys. The landscape included mountains, forests, pastoral land, and rivers. Arcadia is mentioned in the works of ancient writers such as Herodotus and Homer. Mount Lycaon is one of the major historical places of the region. Mount Lycaon is the home of the ancient Lycaon Games dedicated to Zeus and Pan. These games were similar to the ancient Olympics and took place every four years. The mountain featured an altar to Zeus, which featured two pillars topped with statues of golden eagles. Mythology related to ancient Arcadia. 
Arcadia is named after the mythological character Arcas. Arcas was a hunter who was the first king of Arcadia. He was the son of Zeus and Callisto. Besides hunting, Arcas is associated with weaving and baking bread. Arcas and his mother Callisto are also associated with bears. Arcas was later turned into a bear and put into the heavens among the stars as Ursa Minor, the little bear. His mother Callisto is Ursa Major, the big bear. Arcadia is the home of the satyr god Pan. Pan is the god of the wild, shepherds and flocks, nature, rustic music, fields and groves. With his ever-erect endowment, Pan is associated with sexuality and fertility. Pan was said to lust after and chase nymphs and shepherds alike. Zeus also had a special place in Arcadia, especially at Mount Lycaon. The place is said to have been the birthplace of Zeus, also known as Zeus Lycaos, or the wolf Zeus. Zeus and King Lycaon the first king of the area, also play into one of the world's first recorded werewolf stories. King Lycaon wanted to test to see if Zeus was really a god. To do so, he invited Zeus to a feast and fed him the roasted flesh of the king's own son. Zeus didn't fall for it and punished Lycaon by turning him into a wolf. Speaking of wolves, the Lycaon games mentioned earlier featured a secret rite of passage for young men. In this ritual, the men were said to become wolves for nine years. In some of these rituals, the youth would take off their clothes, swim across a river or marsh, and become a wolf on the other side. And again, this was for a period of nine years. According to mythology, Atalanta, a Greek heroine, was the daughter of King Lassus of Arcadia. Atalanta was a virgin huntress who refused to marry. She was a fierce hunter who swore an oath of virginity to the goddess Artemis. She was so fierce that she slew two centaurs who tried to rape her. She also took part in the hunt for the Caledonian boar and was the one who eventually killed it. The god Hermes was also honored in Arcadia. One of Hermes' oldest temples was on Mount Selene in Arcadia, and Mount Selene was said to be his birthplace. The wilderness of Arcadia was said to be the home of various mythological and magical creatures, including satyrs, centaurs, dryads, nymphs, and other spirits. Virgil's Echologue and Plato's Symposium, A Greek View of Gender in Plato's Symposium, Aristophanes talks about the origins of mankind. There were originally three species, male, female, and androgynous. Because of their pride, the gods punished them by dividing them in half so that they would always walk the earth looking for their other half in their quest to be whole. Those who were of the divided male species were always looking for their other male half, thus male-male homosexual love. Those of the divided female species were always looking for their other female half, thus female-female homosexual love. Those of the divided androgynous species were always looking for the other sex, male for female and female for male, or heterosexual love. Arcadia as a Uranian Ideal During the European Renaissance, Arcadia emerged as an ideal of unspoiled remote wilderness. It was further idealized by Uranian men as a homosexual Eden, or a utopia of male-male love. Uranian was their contemporary term for homosexual. To these men, Arcadia was a metaphor for what homosexual life could be without the stigma and constraints of mainstream heterosexual society. They pictured Arcadia as a hidden and isolated leafy grove, a remote pastoral land, or even as an island far from the hustle and bustle and everyday cares of the mundane world. For them, Arcadia feeds the homosexual spirit. The love of men for men is natural there. It is even divinely sanctioned as a means to understand all that is good and beautiful. In Arcadia, homosexual love and sexuality is the ideal. It is noble, inspired, virtuous, and spiritually uplifting. Arcadia features untrodden paths, secluded spots, and hidden waters. 
There are rivers flowing through the land, and the element of water purifies and enhances the innocence of the place. Rites of the sea, purification, and transformation by water are central to the rituals of life in Arcadia. Symbolic sexual consummation takes place in or near the water. These rituals celebrate male friendship, our mythologies, the union and consummation of lovers, coming together in a loving and sexual fraternity of men, and washing away any sense of guilt brought on by society at large. These rites often include offering gifts from nature and purification by water. The men of Arcadia are naturally nude, or at least they wear skimpy clothing. The climate is such that this is comfortable. These Renaissance men idealize Arcadia as a place where homosexual sensibilities, love, and sexuality can be practiced without fear or punishment. In Arcadia, it is safe to come out and to be gay. In this utopia of male love and sexuality, gay and bi men are free from the stigma and outlaw status that society confers upon us. According to the Renaissance writer Björn R. S. Fone, those who dwell in Arcadia seek out that secret Eden because of its isolation from the troubled world and its safety from the arrogant demands of those who would deny freedom, curtail human action, and destroy innocence and love. Mary Meat, Mary Part, and Mary Poppins! The Arcadia Gathering Arcadia has been adopted as the name of a new gathering for queer pagan men on the East Coast, Mid-Atlantic region of the United States. While there have been such gatherings before, such as the Mid-Atlantic Men's Gathering and Kafnia, we are not aware of any current camping gatherings specifically for gay and bi, pagan, or Hellenist men in the region. The closest gathering is between the worlds in Ohio, and there are many more gatherings on the West Coast. Arcadia will be held October 9th through 12th, 2019 at a state campground in Cumberland, Virginia. The gathering is open to queer men of pagan, Hellenist, and other Earth-based spiritualities. All respectful speakers over the age of 18 who feel they would gain something from attending are welcoming, though all should be aware that most of our workshops, rituals, and activities will be primarily aimed toward queer pagan men. The theme of the first gathering is Discovering Arcadia, Empowering Queer Men's Spirituality. The patron deity for our first event is the Greek god Pan. Because this is a first-time event and because our planning committee is small, we are asking folks attending the event to help us co-create the space and to help us spread the word. We are specifically looking for folks to help with planning and running the retreat. We are looking for workshop, ritual, and activity presenters. We also have a contest going on to help design our event logo. If you're artistic, please consider participating. See our website for details. We want this event to succeed, not because it is the idea of any one person or group, but because the queer pagan community sees it as something valuable and because individuals within the community are willing to step up and do their part to make it a success. For more information and to register, go to the website www.olympuscampgroundresort.com. That's all one word, no spaces, no dashes. Under the Events tab, there's an option for Arcadia Gathering. Under that, you'll find out more about the gathering and how to register.
Alec and fertility gods seem to be the favorites of many gay and bi-pagan men, whatever their paths. Many gay Norse pagans choose the phallic fertility god Freyr in their practice. Among gay druids and those who follow a Celtic spiritual path, the horned and horny god Cronus takes center stage. Gay Hellenists frequently revere the ever-erect satyr god Pan or the androgynous fertility god Dionysus. Phallic worship plays into many gay and bi men's spiritual practices, especially those associated with horned phallic gods. Many phallic gods have horns because horns are representative of wild, primal virility and sexuality. It is the male of many species, billy goats, rams, bulls, stags, and others, that develop horns. These are often fully developed near rutting season. This is likely the origin of the term horny in reference to men becoming sexually aroused. The Greek god Pan is a satyr. He is part goat and part man. He is depicted with the lower half as a goat, the upper torso of a man, and goat or ram horns, and an erect phallus. Pan is the god of the wild, shepherds, flocks, nature, rustic music, fields, and groves. His home is in the rustic forests and fields of Arcadia. With his ever-erect endowment, Pan is associated with sexuality and fertility. Pan was said to lust after and chase nymphs and shepherds alike. Pan was a mediator between the gods and the spirits of nature. As a wild rural god, Pan was worshipped in natural settings rather than in temples. Depending on the story, he may have been the son of Hermes, Dionysus, Apollo, or even Zeus. The identity of his mother is also unclear. She may have been the wood nymph Penelope, Oenesus, or Dryope, among others. Pan's name means all, as in the term pansexual. Pansexuality is all-encompassing. He lusts after men and women alike. The expression to honor Pan was once used to indicate male homosexual practices. Pan is promiscuous and sensual. He opposes marriage in favor of free love. Pan's shout evokes panic in the hearts of anyone who hears it while walking alone in the wild. Pan's sexual freedom evokes panic in the hearts of sexual Puritans. One of the more famous stories of Pan involves the creation of the Pan Flute. A Pan Flute is a musical instrument made of hollow reeds. In the story, Pan fell in lust with an Arcadian wood nymph named Syrinx. To escape Pan's attentions, the nymph fled to Mount Clicaeum with Pan in pursuit. At the edge of the river, Syrinx called out her two sisters, who magically transformed her into a reed. Not knowing which reed was her, Pan grabbed a handful and noticed that when air blew through them, it created beautiful music. Pan fashioned the reeds into a musical instrument and was rarely seen without it. Pan was so good at playing the pan pipes that he even challenged Apollo to a music contest. In one version of the story, Apollo won. In another version, it was a tie. Either way, Pan's music is on par with the best Greek deities had to offer. In another story, Pan seduced the moon goddess Selene by dressing in sheepskin and drawing her down into the forest. Pan is sometimes associated with the goat constellation, Capricornus. Pan is best known for his ever-erect endowment and his sexual powers. Pan is said to have learned the art of masturbation from his father, Hermes. He taught this skill to shepherds. In the 18th century, interest in Pan received revived interest among some scholars. In the 1786 book, The Discourse on the Worship in Priapus, Richard Payne Knight puts forth the idea that Pan is a symbol of creation expressed through his sexuality. By pouring water on his phallus, the organ of generation, Pan invokes the creative power of that organ. Later on, Pan became relevant again in neo-paganism. In the 1933 book, The God of the Witches, Margaret Murray equates Pan as an aspect of the pagan horned god who is worshipped by witches throughout Europe.
I'd like to close this segment on Pan with the charge of the horned god, which Pan is a part of. Listen to the words of the horned god, the guardian of all things, wild and free, the keeper of the gates of death, whose call all must answer. I am the fire within your heart, the yearning of your soul. I am the hunter of knowledge and the seeker of the holy quest. I who stand in the darkness of light am he whom you have called death. I, the consort and mate of her we adore, call forth to thee. Heed my call, beloved ones. Come unto me and learn the secrets of death and peace. I am the corn at harvest and the fruit on the trees. I am he who leads you home, scourge and flame, blade and blood. These are mine and gifts to thee. Call unto me in the forest wild and on the hilltop bare, and seek me in the darkness bright. I who have been called Pan, Herne, Osiris, and Hades, speak to thee in thy search. Come dance and sing, come live and smile, for behold, this is my worship. You are my children, and I am thy father, on swift night wings. It is I who lay you at the mother's feet, to be reborn and to return again. Thou who thinks to seek me, know that I am the untamed wild, the fury of the storm and passion in your soul. Seek me with pride and humility, but seek me best with love and strength, for this is my path, and I love not the weak and fearful. Hear my call on long winter nights, and we shall stand together guarding the earth as she sleeps. Oh, groovy, baby. Before I wrap up this episode, I just really want to encourage folks to attend the upcoming Arcadia Gathering, especially if you live on the East Coast in the Mid-Atlantic region of the United States. I especially want to encourage folks who live in Virginia, D.C., North Carolina, Maryland, West Virginia, Southern Pennsylvania, or Eastern Kentucky, or Eastern Tennessee. One of the reasons I've been so excited about hosting this gathering is because there really aren't any other camping gatherings specifically for gay and bi-pagan men on the East Coast. In days of old, there used to be a similar gathering called the Mid-Atlantic Men's Gathering. More recently, there was the Kafnia Gathering that was held in southern Pennsylvania, but that no longer exists. Ohio has the Between the Worlds Gathering, and the West Coast has a gathering called Stone and Sang. But these days, there's not really anything much on the East Coast. For the gathering to succeed, it really needs your support. If you've never been to a gay and bi-pagan men's gathering, you're really missing out. There's just this feeling of finding home that you don't necessarily get going to a general pagan gathering that isn't gay and bi-men specific, and that you don't get from going to a gay and bi-men's gathering that isn't pagan-oriented. You can listen to my previous podcast reviews of Kafnia and Between the Worlds to get an idea of what I'm talking about. The best way to access my older podcasts is probably through the Podbean link on my website. This is a first-time event, so I'm keeping my expectations realistic, and if you're attending the gathering, then you should too. It will probably take a few years for the event to come into its own. This year we're at a state campground, but I hope in the future we'll be able to find a more permanent home at a pagan or LGBTQ private campground. Our planning committee is small, and word has gotten out slowly, so programming will probably be fairly light and focused. We don't have any special guests this year, but we might consider those in the future. I think the big draw for this year will just be the chance to get the ball rolling, and also the chance to share ideas and experiences, and to make connections with other gay and bi-pagan men on the East Coast. For many people, especially those coming from places that don't have much of an LGBTQ pagan presence, I think this event will be a great opportunity to find and connect with your tribe. I'm bored with all this trivia. 
Thanks for listening to today's show. For additional information, including show notes and links to my bookstore and blog, please visit my website at www.melmystery.com. That's www.melmystery.com. If you have original poetry, music, or group or event to share, please let me know, and I'll consider featuring it on my website, blog, or in an upcoming podcast. Everyone, time for Bloody Marys. Oh, fine. a marvelous idea. Yeah.